Hello and welcome to The Drew View. I just want to give you guys a big thank you for coming back here and listening to another week of the show and for all of your support. Uh, it means a ton to me. I've had over 150 downloads from my first week of doing this. That's just so incredible to me and I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened, who's shared the show with your friends. I just want to say a big thank you. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about the potential arrest of former President Donald Trump and my thoughts on that, as well as the most moving story from the past week. I am Drew Bennett, and you're listening to The Drew View. The first thing I want to do before jumping too far into it is just uh, revisit what I talked about last Thursday, my last episode of the week, and that was the whole scholarship debacle and the thing that I was going on about with that. And one thing I wanted to say really quick was I know that that came off a little bit uh, differently than how I wanted it to, and I apologize for that. So I just wanted to say I apologize for the more um, emotional rather than rational response. Uh, That's one of the things I really want to get better at. Uh, And one thing that I want this show to be all about is uh, reacting to things rationally rather than emotionally. That's kind of how I want to do news and do different things like that. So that is uh, one thing I want to apologize for right off the bat. I want to say thank you. I've had multiple listeners that reached out to me and kind of talked me through kind of their thoughts on that and uh, what they, you know, some advice that they had had and different things like that. And I really want to say thank you to those of you who did that. Those of you who took the time out of your day to kind of give me some insight and help me and then also kind of help better understand where I'm coming from. I really do appreciate that because I don't know how much I mentioned it in my intro episode, but I am still young. I am going to be learning things along with you. Uh, You know, I'll be teaching you as much as you teach me. So you guys helping me out and giving me some of your advice is really helpful. And I really do appreciate that. And I also just want to apologize for some of the verbiage I used. Um, you know, I don't, I didn't mean to offend anybody. If anyone was offended by, you know, when I said sob story or when I was talking about uh, the fact that I was, you know, whatever I said about a straight white Christian male or whatever, and how it's harder to find scholarships that way. And really all that I meant by that was there are so many different scholarships out there for minorities. And I know that that was insensitive, but I, I know that there are reasons that they have uh, multiple scholarship opportunities out there for people like that and multiple opportunities for them. Um, but I think that that's a good thing. I don't think that that's a bad thing. So I just want to clear the air of that uh, and just say that I do apologize if that came off the wrong way. All right, for this next topic, it's going to be a topic that I think a lot of people want to hear about, and I think that a lot of people are interested in. So I'm going to speak on it. Not that I think it's necessarily the most impactful story or that I think it's the story that impacts the most people, but I think it's something that you all would like to hear about. So I'm going to talk about it, and that's the uh, a potential arrest of former President Donald Trump. Now, what I'm going to do for this segment is I'm going to go through a BBC article because they're fairly down the middle, uh, and I'm going to go through an article by them and give kind of my thoughts as I run through it. So it starts off and it says, prosecuting Donald Trump would be a politically motivated move by his opponents, senior Republicans say. On Saturday, the former U.S. president said his arrest could happen next week based on media reports. So if you haven't heard Donald Trump put on Truth Social, that, uh, which is his social media platform that he uses, that he is expecting to be arrested on Tuesday. He called on his supporters to protest. And uh, I think it's important to note that this has not been verified by the people who he has claimed are going to be arresting him, at least that I know of yet. 
They have not mentioned whether or not this is actually true, whether this leak was accurate or not. But I am going to err on the side and say that it is accurate just because there have been quite a few instances where they have gone after Donald Trump in different ways like this. And it wouldn't be too surprising to me, honestly. So I'm going to talk about it as if this was completely verified and this was going to happen. This isn't 100 percent guaranteed. So just note that Democrats, on the other hand, the article says, have said no one is above the law and accused Mr. Trump of recklessly stoking political divisions. If you don't know, the case focuses on an alleged hush money payment on Mr. Trump's behalf by his lawyer to adult film star Stormy Daniels ahead of the 2016 presidential election. So I think it is important to note that this story is about seven, sorry, seven years old. So we are digging up dirt on somebody, uh, a story that's seven years old. And with the way that he has been gone after and people have tried to end his political career since he jumped into the political ring, it's surprising to me that things are just now coming out about this seven years later. I would have thought based on how hated he was by other Republicans and by Democrats, that if there was dirt on him to be dug up, it would have been dug up before now. But I mean, it's not impossible. I just think it's unlikely. But anyway, let's keep going through the article. The 76-year-old is also the subject of several other separate inquiries, although he has not yet been charged in any and denies any wrongdoing. Former President Trump has pledged to continue his campaign to be Become the Republican nominee in the 2024 presidential election, even if he is indicted. So I think that's one important thing to note is that he's not going to give up. I don't think that uh, comes as a surprise to anybody. Trump is not just going to back down because he's in some trouble with uh, some high level Democratic leaders. If that was the case, he wouldn't have a political career. Let's all be honest. So it says that it is not yet known if he is going to be criminally charged. Uh, or even beyond the most basic details, what any indictment might contain. Uh, that's one thing that I think is interesting about this is that we don't know the details of this. So what's really on the table, at least from what we can see, is just a minor you know, business practices, possible misdemeanor, maybe. Uh, but there's nothing really worthy of a felony here. There's nothing that they're going to, that we know of, that they could even charge him with criminally. So that is one thing that we will be keeping an eye on. And I think that's one thing that's important is we have to see what he's going to be arrested for if he's not done anything that's considered uh, criminal beyond just a misdemeanor. A little bit confusing because some people have said that it's based on election uh, integrity and things like that. So it might be based off of like how he used uh, misused campaign finance rules and things like that. But it's really confusing because the person who's going to be bringing these charges is the Manhattan DA. It's the, I think his name is Alvin Bragg or something like that. And he has said that, you know, his biggest thing that he's going to focus on is going after Trump. He doesn't really care about the fact that New York is filled with crime. Actually, in fact, he's taken a lot of uh, felonies and reduced them down to misdemeanors. So, you know, there's cases where there are things like, you know, armed robbery or carjackings and things like that. And he's like, oh, those are just petty misdemeanors. We're not going to charge those as felonies. We're just going to make them, we're going to consider them little petty misdemeanors and we're going to lower those charges. But th that's a sharp contrast to what they're trying to supercharge Trump with. You know, obviously the goal in this is, you know, the more that I think about it, it's actually a move that I don't understand where the Democrats are coming from, but I think they are either just really not thinking this totally through or they're playing chestnut checkers. So 
either they think that this is going to be a bad look on Trump and it's going to make people not want to vote for him, which it's going to do the opposite. I think we saw that when his home was raided uh, in Mar-a-Lago. If you look at that, what happened was he was raided. These documents were gained. And after that, his ratings shot up through the roof. I mean, it improved his, uh, you know, support and everything like that. So I think they've learned from that, if anything, that people, uh, especially these Republican Trump supporters, they're not going to just look at him and say, oh, well, he's getting in trouble with the law, so we might as well just stop backing him. No, they're going to stand behind him and they're going to fight behind him, especially when it comes out that he's not done uh, as much wrong as they're at least claiming or, um, you know, when just a little while later they find that Joe Biden has done the same exact thing that Donald Trump did, uh, but it was handled a lot differently. So I think that if that is their end, like their end goal, they think that they're just going to, you know, make people not want to vote for Donald Trump. I don't think that's how it's going to work, but I could be totally wrong. So I think we'll have to wait and see whether or not that works out for them. But the other thing I wanted to hit on and the other thing that where I say they might be playing chestnut checkers is um, I think they might be thinking that either one of two things is going to happen, either that Donald Trump is going to be barred from running again if uh, they can go through with this and he won't be able to run again, which will be uh, beneficial to them, or they know that doing this is going to boost support for him. And they think that they should do this because they would rather run against him than against DeSantis or anyone like that. They think that Donald Trump is more hated and less electable than some other Republican candidates. So maybe they want his ratings to go up so that he is elected in the Republican primary. And that way they have to go against him and they like their chances against him other than the rest of them. So it is interesting. We'll have to see what their thinking is. Obviously, it's politically motivated. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure that out. Um, But we'll have to see how that turns out. One thing I also thought was pretty interesting is that Mike Pence, who is probably going to run in 2024 and who is obviously distanced himself from Donald Trump ever since January 6th, he was speaking to a reporter and he said that the fact that uh, the Manhattan DA thinks that indicting President Trump is his top priority, I think is just to tell you everything you need to know about the radical left in this country. So even Mike Pence is kind of saying, okay, let's take a look at this. They're really just doing this. They're weaponizing the justice system against their top political rival. And I think that is something that we get into kind of a dangerous uh, situation here is when we have what has been called a two-tiered justice system. Um, You know, people are bringing these things up because, you know, the the people who were protesting on January 6th versus the people who protested all summer long for BLM, uh, they were treated so much differently. Uh, And and I'm not going to comment on whether or not I think one of those are worse than the other. You have to determine whether or not you think that the threat to democracy with the protesters was worse or whether you think the uh, quote unquote, mostly peaceful protests that included looting and burning buildings um, was worse. I think both were terrible for our country. I think both should be treated just about equally. Uh, but the fact that it's not, it, that's something that uh, I think you should absolutely pay heed to. You know, you should definitely pay attention to, but you shouldn't. I don't want to tell you how what I think about it, just because I don't want you thinking what I think. I want you to say, okay, do I think that we have a two-tiered justice system? Wow, that's a tongue twister. Uh, or do I think that they're just carrying out the law and nobody's above the law and they're just doing it in the correct way? Now, 
However you view that is up to you. Last thing I'll say about the Republican side of it is Donald Trump urged his supporters to protest. And again, they should definitely do that. Uh, if you uh, if you are a Trump supporter listening to this and you are going to protest, please make sure you do it peacefully. Don't do anything crazy. Uh, we don't need another January 6th and we don't need another summer of 2020. We need uh, our country to come together in a moment of unity. But I think that everyone should kind of be taken back by this. Everyone should say, hmm, what is the real reason behind why this is happening? But I think everybody should also stay peaceful with it. Don't be too crazy. Um, that's not going to get anybody anywhere. I want to comment on some of the Democrats' uh, responses to this. You know, Elizabeth Warren said that nobody is above the law, which I agree with. I 100% agree with that everybody should be held accountable, whether you're a former president or whether you're current president, anything like that, you should be held accountable. Uh, but I do think that we have to make sure that we're not using our justice system and using our uh, law enforcement and our Department of Justice in a way that is weaponizing the departments against our political rivals. I think that becomes super dangerous. One thing I also found noteworthy worthy was former Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that uh, Trump's remarks were reckless and designed to keep himself in the news, you know, talking about when he told his supporters to protest just recently that he was going to be arrested. And she said that he cannot hide from his violations of the law disrespect for our elections, and incitements to violence. Rightfully, our legal system will decide how to hold him accountable, which I do agree with as well. The legal system will run its course and it will do what will hold him accountable. But there are a few things wrong with that, right? None of those things, uh, his violations of the law, disrespect for our elections and incitements to violence, the disrespect for our elections and incitements to violence have absolutely nothing to do with what he's being charged with. So I think that saying that is kind of irresponsible because you're talking about something that is a whole new matter. And I think that if people are asking questions about why he's being arrested and you're bringing up things that are totally irrelevant to his arrest, people are like, OK, well, you're just trying to make this snowball effect where you're just taking all of these things that people have a negative view of, putting them together and trying to charge him when the actual legality of the different things that have happened are just not in a situation where he should be charged, honestly. And um, from what we see, I don't think he will. I think he will be charged and he will probably be found guilty by the local jury if they have, you know, if it goes to trial and there's a local jury, just because it is New York at the end of the day. But I think he's going to win on appeal, um, you know, because obviously, nope. And, and that's one of the things that I wanted to hit on as well is it's also hard to have a fair and balanced uh, jury when you're dealing with a former president of the United States that absolutely everybody has an opinion on uh, in some way, shape or form. So how are you going to have a situation where people sit down and look at this unbiasedly? It's just not going to happen, obviously. And I think we all know that. And that's going to be one thing that'll be interesting to see. But I do think that Nancy Pelosi's comments, other than violations of the law, and we'll have to see how that falls, but it'll be interesting to see um, how all of that and the things that she said actually relate to what he is charged with. So again, just the last thing I want to do is just provide a little bit more clarity on uh, what exactly he, or at least he's predicted to be charged with, and this is from BBC News. So Stormy Daniels' case centers on how President Trump reimbursed his lawyer, Michael Cohen, after he paid Mrs. Daniels $130,000 before the 2016 U.S. election. 
the record for the payment reimbursing Mr. Cohen says it was for legal fees, prosecutors could conclude this amounts to Mr. Trump falsifying business records, which is a misdemeanor offense in New York. So again, this is all centered around falsifying business records. That is not usually, that's obviously a white collar crime, but it's not usually something that lands you in jail. Uh, it's definitely a lower level misdemeanor in terms of, you know, the different misdemeanors we look at, but it's definitely not a felony that would land someone in jail. So we have to think that there is something else that they're going to attach to this. Again, I was speaking earlier on, uh, it was probably going to be a campaign finance issue. And the only issue with that is that it was a federal election. So the Manhattan DA, the one that's charging President Donald Trump, is somebody who is at a local level and is not able to charge someone or bring charges against someone for a federal election violation. Now, we can't say it was a state uh, election violation, because if it was, then it would make sense that the Manhattan DA is bringing this charge against former President Trump. But because it was not a state election, it was a federal election. Donald Trump has never been, former President Donald Trump, sorry, has never been uh, in a state-level election, only a federal election. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what charge they're going to attach to this falsifying business records to get it up to a felony. So in my final thoughts, I think that uh, this is obviously a weaponization of our legal system. I don't think that this is the right move for Democrats to do. However, if their reasoning behind it is politically driven and they're trying to play chestnut checkers and they think that going against Donald Trump will be the best thing for them, uh, I guess we'll see how that works out for them and 2024 will show us. Uh, I think Elon Musk said it best that if Donald Trump is arrested, I think he's going to win in a landslide in 2024. And I think that it's going to have, uh, no matter what, I think it's going to have an effect that the Democrats do not want unless they are able to bring something that bars him from running again. So uh, if you don't want Donald Trump to run again in 2024, I'll be honest, I don't know if I 100% do or not. But I think that the worst thing that you can do is charge him, arrest him. You have this whole optic of Donald Trump in handcuffs I don't know if that'll actually happen. Um, they'll probably, you know, let him out on bail pretty much the second that uh, he's charged or he's quote unquote arrested. It's going to be uh, it's not going to be the optical that many people are thinking. I don't believe. But maybe uh, for his campaign, he probably wants to be put in handcuffs just because people will see that and be absolutely appalled. And I think that uh, if that occurs and that optical gets out there of him in handcuffs, and then with all the crime running rampant in our city and the only thing we can focus on is Donald Trump, I think that it's really bad. And I just think that there are a lot more pressing issues that we need to be dealing with rather than trying to get Donald Trump from ever running again. All right. Now, I think whether you love Trump or hate Trump, you're probably sick of hearing the name Trump for so many times over and over and over again. So let's move on to another more uplifting subject, and that's going to be our Monday moving story. So our moving story Monday, this article is coming from the Good News Network. I thought this was a really cool story. It was about two sisters uh, after 75 years were finally reunited after being placed up for adoption at the end of World War II. So Anne Ijpalar, I believe that's how you say that last name, and Sheila Ann Fry, both in their late 70s, have Sheila's daughter-in-law and Anne's son to thank for the reunion. So adopted in the UK as an infant in 1946, Sheila had no knowledge of who her birth parents were. 
used a DNA product and discovered that she had a half-sister who lived in the Netherlands. She was born just a few months after her to the same father. So Sheila's daughter-in-law, Karen, was messaged by Anne's son, Mark, and both sisters did a DNA test, which confirmed that they were, in fact, related. After meeting for the first time last year, Sheila said that it was like looking in the mirror and talking to myself. It was amazing. We have the same hobbies, the same medical complaints. It is very strange, she said. She always knew she was adopted because her parents told her I was very special because mommy and daddy picked me. They said her father was a Canadian soldier who fought against the Nazis in Europe and returned home after the war. The search for Sheila's birth father had remained unsuccessful for eight years, leading the family to believe they'd hit a dead end. Meanwhile, in the Netherlands, Anne was also trying to uncover her family history. After finding out her stepfather was not her biological father, Anne only discovered the truth after overhearing a conversation between relatives and searching through family documents. Anne's biological father was a Canadian soldier who had fought in World War II and participated in the liberation of the Netherlands from Nazi occupation. Anne's 50-year-old son, Mark, made a breakthrough when a joke between cousins led to him ordering a DNA test. When the email arrived announcing a DNA match, Mark was astonished to discover that his mother had a half-sister. After verifying the DNA connection by testing both sisters, Mark finally told his mother he had found her a sister and arranged a video call in May 2022. They had an amazing conversation, said Mark. They look the same. They have the same hobbies. It was amazing. The face-to-face meeting took place in the Netherlands a couple months later. We both love to crochet, and we both knit and do crafts, said Sheila, who joked, adding, I must say, Anne's a lot better than me. Anne agrees that the meeting was, quote, very special. We immediately connected, and although the language was a problem, it felt very natural to see and talk to my sister after all these years. It can be difficult to keep in touch, as we're not very good with computers and phones. My English is not good, but I'm trying to learn. I wish she lived closer. Wow, what a beautiful story on those reuniting sisters. I wish them all the best. And it's so awesome that we have the technology to do things like this. Thank you all for staying to the end of the video. I'm going to pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for another day that you've given us another episode for us to gather together, for me to talk to my audience. And Father, I just hope that they get the message that you want them to hear from this episode. Father, be with them uh, wherever they are. Just meet them where they're at, as you always do, Father. Thank you for another day. Help me to be back here again tomorrow saying what you want me to say. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for sticking around until the end of the episode. I want to invite you to subscribe to my channel, leave a rating or a review, and be sure to share with your friends. I would love to grow my audience, reach more people. And if you have any comments on today's episode, I would love for you to email me at thedrewviewshow at gmail.com. That's thedrewviewshow at gmail.com. You can also reach me on social media. Thanks again, and see you guys tomorrow. Until then, you know what to do. Stay blessed.